With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? It's the Raspy Voice Kids back on your phone, computer, radio. However you listen, we're here. Today we're going to do pop culture, talk about football with the transfers, baseball with the honors, the Warriors, and maybe even a little something extra. Holla at your boys if you get a chance. Enjoy the show. Here we go. culture it is time to talk about finales because that's all anybody's talking about right now it's brandon phoenix aka i also hate pit joined today by jeremy j and fiend phoenix here in the building yes sir we always say we're in the building y'all don't even know where we are though but what we do right now we in a building we're in a building so jeremy everybody wants by the way who did that come from is that sebastian telefair what in the building in the building I mean, it's. Saying if you don't it's know, a New York, it's a New York. It's a definitely, it's definitely New York. Slang. Stephon Mulberry, if you remember him, it's his cousin who was supposed to be all everything high school he players. Was a, wasn't he the player. first? Yeah, he's a, he was the first point guard drafted uh, out of high school. Okay, uh, yeah, actually, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. He might be the only point guard drafted out of high school. And I remember it was not only uh, in the building, but he also said, "Yeah, we we played in the garden, playing the garden, in the garden. Ain't nothing like playing in the garden." Um, That's Madison Square Garden, just in case you didn't All right, know. way off track. Continue, continue. Everybody wants to talk about the Game of Thrones finale. I'm already on record as saying I've never seen the show. I had no interest. Culturally, it's a phenomenon. you got to give it some respect and attention just because for as part of American culture, as part of actually pop culture, it is a behemoth. In yeah. the history of television shows, Absolutely. it's got so many accolades, so much respect. Um, not really my kind of thing. I'm not a fantasy kind of person. However... 
if you spent eight years building up to this finale and the responses that I've seen on Twitter with the utter disappointment, people signing petitions for a redo and a remake, <laughs> how do you feel? You know what? The thing is, I haven't... I've, I've seen a lot of different se- series and to see it end in a way that you didn't want it to is always terrible and tough to, to kind of stomach. Um, I will say Game of Thrones... I've not seen this season. I'm going to. I've not watched any of it. I've seen all the other seasons. And I don't get, like, I and I purposely avoid everything people are saying about it so I don't see exactly what happened. But how does it not come to some kind of conclusion? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's all building. Like, I don't understand how you just go on unless you're thinking of making another season sometime down, down the line. Or you just ran out of gas because it's hard to tell a story for eight years. It is, it is. But you have to have an end game. As as yeah. as, as not creative sure what happened, but. <laughs> as creative as you can be, you can't come with it up with an end game. I'm not saying that I didn't see it, so I can't speak for it. But I, I'm thinking about, for example, Parks and Rec. No pun. Parks and Rec. <laughs> Parks and Rec, to me, is one of the most disappointing finales I've ever experienced. But the whole last season was terrible because Tom Haverford, played by Aziz Ansari, Aziz Ansari had already gotten famous. It was like he went from being the guy that you see on Parks and Rec to the guy who's doing stand-up specials and was like the hottest thing out as far as comedians for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Andy Dwyer, played by, um, oh, what's his name? Is it Josh? No. He said it too quick. Yeah. Anyway, the guy who... Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, uh, almost at Lincoln Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, he was already famous. He's already making movies. He's already doing other things. It was clear everybody had moved on. You know, everybody yeah, had... Mo- but that has nothing to do with the writing. But I'm saying the delivery, the, the acting was off. And somebody said, Jay and Nikki, they were like, well, that went out with a wet fart, like a wet fart. <laughs> <laughs> Which is disgusting. Yeah, uh, people complain about the Seinfeld ending, but again, Seinfeld is not the same as like Game of Thrones. Se- Seinfeld is different because Seinfeld because there's nothing to wrap up. What storyline was there to begin with? The show's about nothing, right? So you, how do you how do you you know tie you know, the loose ends? You know what the biggest about dis- one of the biggest disappointments to me was what I love the Wonder Years. Yeah, oh and that, yeah, and that was different because everything kind of con- contractually came to a close relatively quick. So out of nowhere, they just ended the show. Yeah, and they wrapped up what it was. Oh, after a few years, and it was so anticlimactic. Um, but I do think there were a few shows that got it right. No, I I think so too. I want to say one more though, real quick. When you were talking about the Wonder Years, Cedric the Entertainer was. I watched him on Comedians in Cars getting coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said to Jerry Seinfeld, they were talking about how he's like black television shows that he's like, they don't be having uh, endings like y'all got the whole farewell tour. He's like, I didn't know the show was in until till they had a cake at the. <laughs> he said, I didn't know our show was in talking about being on uh, the Steve Harvey show. He said, I didn't know our show was in until they had a cake at rehearsal. <laughs> but so funny, which is funny. But uh, so what shows do you think got it right in their finale? I, we look, we're going to take this a little extra uh, uh, to a different direction after this. But all right, no, no, I'm going to let you go first. What shows do you think got it right? Because I think, I think gonna, the office nailed it. The office got a the office it, nailed it down. Uh, they wrapped up. They wrapped up storylines. Michael came back. Michael came back. And um, Jim said, I can't be your best man. 
Yeah. He kind of points over and there's Michael with tears in his eyes. Yeah. It's, it's such a great moment. Yeah. They, they um, you know, they, the storyline matched up. Like they get married by standing in their own graves. Kelly, uh, Kelly, and Ryan, Kelly and Ryan end up Kelly together. Kelly and Ryan <laughs> ending up together. Um, Nelly being able to adopt the baby. Yeah. Um, All right. I think I thought what another show I thought ended well was I thought Den- Denton Abbey. Did a solid job. Down the Abbey, they did a solid. Yeah, they did a good job. You're right. It was a good. Finale. They didn't go over. They didn't go over the top. Like, oh, everything's perfect. But you know, Edith gets married, um, and is happy. And the sisters make peace. They're not best friends, but they make peace and they're enjoyable. Like, um, they're okay with each other. And then, and then you have, uh, you know, Tom getting into a new business, and you see them moving on to the new age. Yeah. I thought Downton Abbey. The transition. Well. Speaking of Downton Abbey, shout out to September nineteenth or September twentieth, two thousand nineteen. Can't wait for the movie Downton Abbey movie. But yeah, those are some of the shows I thought got it right. Um, it's also different too, I think, like because you look back at Seinfeld or you look back. Uh, Parks and Rec was within this time frame, but obviously Twitter has grown since then. Game of Thrones is bigger than Parks and Rec ever was, um, and Twitter is now different the the culture is different now people complain more than they ever have there are people who say like they deserve something better um jeff ruff had a nice tweet he said so you're telling me uh you waited eight season and then eight seasons and then was left with disappointment or something like that that was a good little uh, jab at dan a little mountaineer culture for you um but i i'm with you i i i think that you do owe it to wrap things up don't leave any loose ends unless you plan on doing something in the future um, but I do think it's hard because obviously you're running out of story. But I feel like you, of course, and I've never read the books either. So like you know, George yeah. R. R. Martin. No, it's all wrote, good. We're not gonna go too nerd on them and, and start talking books. I can't. But. I didn't read it. I mean, you know, I don't know. I also, I want to throw this in there. Mad Men was kind of like because everybody kept telling me you got to watch Mad Men. Mad oh, Men I thought so Mad. Good. I thought it was a bad ending. I thought that really was a bad, bad ending. ending. Are you serious? Yeah. I thought it was a terrible ending. Like it didn't wrap up nothing. It didn't you know? Yeah. Tell the whole story. And if we're getting at it, your Infinity War, your Infinity War, Jordan, there's some stuff I don't like about it. You mean Endgame? Oh, my bad. My bad, yeah. Endgame. There's some stuff I didn't like about it. It. Some things I wanted answered that didn't get answered. I guess the biggest question did, but anyway. Well, that wraps it up. Tell us what you guys think. Tell us what your view is on finales. Who got it right? Who got it wrong? Right, me, boys. Big shout to Shrinkables. Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. We love our man, Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Jim Ashley. We thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show. We love having you on. Can't wait till you're here again. Football time here with the Raspy Voice Kids. This is Brandon, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy, J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are now on to the West Virginia Mountaineer football team. We took a hit again today. We lose a defensive back in Jordan Adams. His brother, Jaquez, Jaquez Adams transferred before. Uh, Jordan initially was going to transfer also and then came back, um, but has decided to use his final year, his graduate transfer, option to finish his uh, football career elsewhere. Um, I say finish his football career because 
I don't believe he's an NFL player. Um, he had an interception in the spring game in which he grabbed his crotch, crotch and did the throat slash and got a 15-yard unsportsmanlike <laughs> How much more can you add to that? In, I mean, like, in a spring I, game. Of all the, the things you shouldn't do after you get it, I mean, you did In a thro- spring game. Throw, <laughs> throw, throw slash and grab. And crotch grab. Come on now. Come on now. Um, <laughs> so we appreciate everything that he gave to WVU. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, nah, but for real, we appreciate it. We appreciate we it. Said all it was that, a yeah, funny yeah. transition, but it was just <laughs> funny when I saw him do it. The, the reason is because it was funny when I saw him do it because everybody was like, why are they throwing a penalty in the but spring you, game? But you know what? And I'm like, I, I think because they're trying to show him you can't go Baker Mayfield and Reggie Miller. You know what I mean? That's very light to put it. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of other persons you put. And Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson, all of them. But, and uh, Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bullets, son. Bullets over, bullets over Excuse blades. Uh, bullets over blades for 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 your boy A. Uh, Hernandez. Okay, well maybe I should have said uh, OJ, OJ, OJ Simpson. Oh, you the one, you the biggest OJ stand there is. OJ <laughs> allegedly. Jerry's favorite everything to say is obviously OJ didn't kill anybody because we put people who kill people in jail. In jail, and he well he wasn't for that. So. <laughs> anyway, so maybe no, look, you know what? I feel like I feel like he was a smart dude. Because people always say, what would you do on your last day of work? And you and most people say, oh, I would act a fool. I would go in. I would show out. And they don't really do it. Maybe Jordan Adams knew his spring game was his last time. In Maybe, he knew. He, Maybe knew, he knew. And he fought, he lived out his dream. He lived out everybody in America's well, dream another to person. quit the way you want to quit. <laughs> another person who finishes WVU career because he's transferring <laughs> is Dylan Spaulding, the receiver from okay. Virginia. Uh, we beat out Michigan for him. He entered the transfer portal. We haven't seen where he's going to go yet, uh, but he went out the spring game with the touchdown catch. That's right. That's right. So he went out in a nice way. <laughs> he put, it, put his, little name, his name on the map a little bit uh, before he's out. Not as well as uh, Mr. Adams, but, you know, he, he was able to do his thing. And uh, in the meantime, we did get a quarterback transfer, Jarrett Doge. I can't remember how you say the name. His brother, Seth, played for uh, Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury in Texas Tech, pretty much pretty much third in everything. Uh, this guy, Jared Doge, transferring to us, threw for 4,000 yards in about 19 games, 62% completion percentage, about 40 touchdowns he threw, 39 actually. Um, and people are asking what it means. They're asking, what does this mean? Well, it means we have four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. And more importantly, it means none of them have claimed the starting job. But we're not really sure. He's got three years to play, two. We don't know if he's going to be eligible this year or if he's going to start his eligibility with us in 2020. That's my thing. Like, I think about that, and, and I wonder, is it a thing where we need depth? Or is it we don't have somebody who can come out there and really ball the way that the, this coaching staff wants? So we're going to bring somebody else in, in who can really compete for the starting job. I guess that's my overall question. Is he coming in to fill in depth? Which, when you have numbers like those – I wouldn't think that they're bringing you in to, to sit on the bench. Or are you here to push to be a starter? Th- those That's my question when I look at them. Well, if you're Jarrett, you're without question pushing to be a starter. It's a question. I think what you're asking is what does the coaching staff expect? And I don't think you bring a guy in unless you think he has a legitimate shot at starting for your team. I don't think you – I think you leave – I mean, especially when you have three. You've already got three. It's not like you only had two. You've got three on scholarships. So the coaching staff must expect this guy to push. Ah, I, I – and then, okay, so so that's the coaching st- uh, staff's perspective. So on the flip side, what about the fans' perspective? What are we supposed to think? 
The way I feel when I look at this is we don't have a starting quarterback. They say if you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one. What happens when you have three and then you bring another <laughs> you bring a transfer in who's bowling somewhere else? I mean, that's just the way I feel. And to me, this is an answer personally as a fan to all the other fans who looked at the spring game and came out saying that Austin Kendall had the job locked up. And then there were others who came out saying Jack Allison had the better performance. Um, I said the whole time they both looked equally fairly terrible to me. So that, of course, doesn't mean that's how they're going to be in in the fall. Fall camp's about to start. um, But in the meantime, in between time, we don't have a quarterback. And the thing is, like, sometimes you have to read the tea leaves. You don't have to read the tea leaves. You have to look that they went and got a quarterback, (laughs) you know, after fall camp. Spring camp, you mean. But and that's when you have needs on the defensive line and offensive line, you know what I mean? Like so that tells you, uh, and also we had, we took a transfer at receiver. We're young at receiver, so that tells you we really are in need at quarterback. That's what I. That's those are the tea leaves I'm reading. If we're going to read tea leaves, that's what I'm reading. Um, but so much of this is wait and see when you get in a position like this. So it's so funny. It's so funny. I, I watch this and. Uh, Look, Mountaineer fans, look, I'm a Mountaineer fan, and I say 12-0 every year. But when you get a new quarterback, transferring in, and then get some more receivers for depth. And offensive line was also a little bit of, of a worry already uh, depth-wise. When you have all these positions, look, it may be a long year. I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, if you can be honest with yourself, we got a new quarterback. We got another receiver after spring camp. The, we don't have depth at the offensive line. Like, what else, else else do you read? Now, I hope I hope West Virginia, um, it seems like they have the talent in some areas. And I hope that it somehow manifests itself. But at some point, I, you got to come back and just be honest about what's going on and, and what the look is. I don't really have anything else to say to that, to be honest. So we can wrap it up. That's how we view the football season so far. There's a lot more to come um, too long before August 31st. Uh, but maybe for the football team, not long enough. So we'll have to wait and see. Raspberry Voice! The Raspberry Voice kids are brought to you in part by the Pizza Place in Morgantown. They have the official pepperoni roll of the Raspberry Voice kids. They are located at 3011 North Point Plaza in Morgantown, West Virginia. If you are in town near the mile ground, you got to get to the pizza place. It is the greatest pizza you will ever taste. I don't care what anybody says. Shout out to our boys. Mike and Luca. We want to give a big, loud shout and proud applause to sports fans. Mr. Chad Rogers doing big things down there in Tays Valley. If you get a chance, go check him out. He's got your gear, he's got your autographs, and he's got the events. Chad Rogers and sports fans of West Virginia. Baseball time. Is West Virginia a baseball school? Big-time baseball school? Well, that's what a lot of people are trying to say. Some people are saying it tongue-in-cheek. Um, you know. But in the meantime, this is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. Yes, sir. We are now on the third segment of the Raspberry Voice Kids podcast, and we want to talk baseball, the Big 12 tourney, and honors. J.N. Fiend, what do you think about this team? Um, it's so funny people talk about are we a baseball school. It's funny to say, and it's great to say, and you get hyped and you get, you know, just encouraged. I'm glad we can even joke about it. No, absolutely. And 
And uh, you look at the team and you look at some of the awards that we had that we're going to talk, start talking about. We have an opportunity to do something. We haven't. Well, no, we've already done stuff that we haven't done in, in the West Virginia program in baseball. And we also have an opportunity to really make a push. I've said this over and over again. I don't know what that really means. It's fun to say we're a baseball school, though hopefully everybody realizes that we aren't. But still, um, to to be in this position is, is just, I don't know, it's just, it's just fun. It's fun to see a guy be as dominant as Alec Manoa and him be on our side for once. Yeah. It's fun to see him be the Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. It's fun to see Randy Mazie win the honors of being Coach of the Year, especially after all that he's invested. Somebody said they had a picture of uh, Randy Mazie and his wife and the kids and said this is the first family of WVU. <laughs> and, you know, we all joke about Will – and Gene being king and queen of West Virginia, West Virginia, the first family um, with uh, little Eloise. Then there's a lot of people now, of course, saying Neil Brown, that family is the first family. You know what's so Completely funny? Ignore, ignoring I, you the know Huggins. What, I, actually, you know what? I'm not, I'm not trying to change the subject, but like talking about the first families of WVU, who would it really be? Because usually when it comes to first families, it's a few people in the family having not just success, but major success at a program. I view it like the presidency. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're the president, you're the first family. Um, and that's to me, is, is how football is at West Virginia. So who is, who's the first family? Neil Brown and his family. Not the Neelands. No, the Neelands are not part of I mean, they're, they're not, not the in. Huggins. No, because they don't have little kids. And people just are suckers for little not kids. Not the Stills. No, because there's no, there's no marriage there. You know what I mean? Like that, they're brothers, <laughs> and their father also played there. So yeah, I mean, legacy wise. But right now, as far as like, so like Jimmy Carter was the president when he was the president. His family was the first family. He's not the president anymore. Now it's the Trumps. You know what I mean? Before it was Barack and Michelle, they were the first family, and that's how I feel about now. Dana was odd because he wasn't married, but he had kids. Um, but anyway. We're talking about baseball, and somehow we're all we're talking about no, football. No, game. Which, by a, the way, answers the question: We are not a baseball school, no matter how bad we want to be. No, no, absolutely not. Win a natty, win a natty. We're still not a baseball school because it's about your culture, it's about your DNA, it's about your heritage. So, like, some you might go out and get tan. If you're a white person, you go out and get tan, and you're brown. That don't make you African American. Yeah, okay, it just means yeah. you got a tan. <laughs> you got a tan. So yeah. we can win a baseball national championship. It means we're national champions in baseball. Major national championship, you know, finally. First, yeah. But it doesn't make us a baseball school. We are a football school. You might want to argue we're a basketball school, but that's not true either. If it, you know, take out Bobby Huggins and even John Beeline, and historically West Virginia basketball is nothing compared to West, to West Virginia football. But you know what? It's the 14th even, winningest program in the history of the nation. But you know what? It's not even about success that you have in a certain sport. Not it's, only it, about it, success. It's not only about success that you have in a certain sport. It's about how the people feel. That's what I'm saying. This is football. It's football country. Yeah, it's football country. It's football forever. Now, maybe if we were winning national championships in wrestling, but anyway. No. Nope. It's, I was, yeah, oh. I was joking. Because <laughs> otherwise, we're a rifle school, and nobody, everybody knows when we are a football school. We're a football school. We just got to get, get our numbers up. But um, in the meantime, as I keep saying on this episode, what do I keep saying in the meantime in this episode? But anyway. In between time. It, <laughs> you know. um, shout to the baseball squad doing big things over there. Real proud of them. Clutch yeah. time's coming up, though. That's right. Big 12 Do a lot of start. talking. Do a lot of winning. Clutch time is coming up. So hopefully they have a good showing. We can host a regional uh, at Mon County Ballpark and uh, show the nation what Randy Mazie has turned this program into. Rat me, boys! 
want to give a big shout out to Astorg Auto, the leader in luxury automobiles and in service in the entire state of West Virginia. Jamie Spears, the man with the plan down there at Astorg Auto of Charleston. When you get there, tell them the Raspy Voice Kids sent you. Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorg Auto of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgauto.com. Back on to the last segment. This time we're going to talk a little NBA. Now, we know a lot of the people who listen to the show don't like the NBA, but there's some of y'all who do. But even for the ones who don't like the NBA, I feel like you can respect greatness. This is Brandon Phoenix on the mic, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, because no matter what you know about me, just know I also hate Pitt. Jay and Fiend, also on the mic. Let's talk about it, man. We look at the Warriors. The Warriors just swept the Blazers four games in a row, um, three games in a row. They were down. They came back and won. Um, it's just impressive to see them win, especially without all the players. Without the best player in the world. People keep saying arguably. I don't think there's an argument. Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. LeBron's the only one who could make an argument, but Le- LeBron is. I think there's an argument. I think LeBron yeah. has exited his prime. Kevin Durant is in his prime. I think this was one year. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens next year. We really will. I mean, he was pretty great last year. Anyway, that's a whole different story. But they didn't have Kevin Durant. Yeah. They didn't have Boogie Cousins. A star- so there's two starters. Then this last game, game four, they're, they, they're missing Andre Iguodala. Iggy. Iggy's out the building. Yeah. The guy who won MVP for the way he guarded LeBron. The guy who's one of the best wing defenders in the league. The guy who brings championship pedigree, pedigree and savvy. It's just a whole new thing. Like, like, for them to win, I've heard so many people, so many analysts, and so many so-called experts say there was no way they could win this series. No way they could win the NBA championship. What if they win with the cast they have now? If, because the difference between them now and the first time they won the NBA championship without Durant is they don't have the depth that they They do. don't have the bench because they, they don't have Durant. Barbosa. They don't have um, a few other players that were all on the bench yeah. that made a big impact. Yeah. So now they're doing it again. And for me, it's absolutely crazy. It is crazy. This I've said for a long time, this may not be the best team that's ever played in the NBA, but it's the most fun team I've ever watched. Absolutely. I've never enjoyed watching a team more than I have enjoyed watching the Warriors personally. I, I enjoy the style of play. It's so much fun. Oracle Arena helps with that too. Yeah. But it's so much fun to watch them play. Um, but the show, somebody said it shows how much they sacrifice with Kevin Durant that they're able to do this without him. Uh, you remember Draymond earlier in the year ye- yelling at Kevin Durant saying, we don't need you. <laughs> well, he's right. As he puts up, they put up the first team triple-double, two triple-doubles, Draymond and Steph. Steph at 37. I will also say they don't need Draymond because if Draymond went down and Kevin Durant was still there, I still feel like they'd be winning. Yeah, no, that's true. Oh, yeah. But Draymond was saying, we did this before you, we'll do this after you. Kevin Durant never won a title without the Warriors. That's true. The Warriors won, title, won a title uh, with, without Durant, and they possibly could, could do it again because now they're talking about the Achilles. Yeah. Which you and I both have torn our Achilles. I've torn two. You tore one. Are they now talking about the Achilles? I believe so, yeah. Because from the moment I saw. From the get-go, I've been telling everybody, 
They, and by the way, you know the biggest thing that gave away that it was a torn Achilles and he, not... Because he looked back like somebody landed on him and nobody was there. And he hasn't even been on the bench. Yeah. Brandon, if you had to strain a calf, yeah. you could hobble your old self to, yeah, no, to was, the bench in your suit and root on the team. I've never strained a calf. But, but if I, you're having surgery, you know where you're Achilles. not gonna, I watched the guy. I watched him. I know that look. Everybody does. Everybody who's torn. Boogie Cousins immediately ran to the locker room. You know why? Because Boogie just tore his Achilles. What? Didn't Boogie tore, tear his Achilles? This year? He did. He did. Within, within, uh, he's in his he did, career. He, yeah, yeah. He did with the Kings, but he didn't run nowhere no, after was, he tore it. I'm saying he tore his Achilles before in his career. So when he saw Kevin Durant tear his, his Achilles, Achilles. Yeah. Yeah, he I got walked you. back to the locker room because yeah, he, he knew. knew what it was. He knew. And people who know, know. That's why when they said it was a strained calf, I was really in disbelief. Um, He's and now not even saying, on the bench. How many people get hurt in Orleans? In the meantime, the, the Warriors are now going, I said it again in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> but I, again, five years in a row, the Warriors go to the finals. So why is it? Let's appreciate the Warriors' greatness five years in a row. Hasn't been done till, since 1966 in the Celtics. And there's only been like five teams in the history of sports who've been to five yeah. uh, championship finals. And we've talked about this before, but I just, like for me, it's hard to think in why is it that people hate so much on dynasties and they want them to lose so bad, and yet the only dynasty that people actively root, rooted for were the Bulls. Why was it when it was with the Bulls winning these championship after championship? People didn't hate. But now that it's the Warriors, they're tired. They want to see something new. Well, part of what hurts the Warriors, they played the Cavs three years in a row. So the burnout wasn't just the Warriors. It's the burnout of think LeBron. So? Versus, yeah. I think that's part of it. What about Alabama? Because people get people don't like people no, winning championships in success. People don't like people don't like watching Alabama again. They, I think what it people is, don't like watching the Patriots. Because, because they, get, in, they get tired of it because in sports. But the, the Bulls were different. Why? Because of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is arguably the most captivating, the most charismatic um, figure in the history of sports. Arguably, I mean, you got Muhammad Ali. Obviously, I was gonna say Ali. You got there's other people you could argue, but Jordan is in that Darius argument. Nichols, Jordan's Nichols. on the Mount Rushmore. I'd say Jordan. I was Darius Nichols. <laughs> I say Jordan. Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali, and who's our fourth? Is it Brady, Montana? Belichick. Yeah, but he was a coach. I'm talking about players. Players? But, I mean, Tiger, Tiger, you can say whatever you want about Jack. Tiger is, I mean, you saw him winning the Masters, what it did to the world. Jeter was pretty pretty, pretty high up there, too. Yeah, but Jeter was never the best player ever. ever. But, yet but all the people I mentioned. Everybody loved Jeter. I know, but Jeter doesn't, to me, ascend to that level because Jeter was never the best player. Those guys are the best player, and everybody loved him. They're the best player. Well, I say Jeter goes in that category because of his heart. He had just as much heart as all those all-time greats, but he didn't have the, the, the um, talent or ability or whatever you want to say that they did. So watching the Warriors make five straight finals is impressive enough knowing that, that nobody on the in the East can beat them. Because I watched these Bucks, I watched these Raptors. Can't neither one of these neither one of these teams have a chance, Jeremy. Not one of them. It's so funny that you say that because everybody said the Greek freak, you look at Milwaukee, everybody said the these Warriors don't have a chance if Milwaukee makes it to the finals. And they've said, like with who's guarding the Greek freak? Especially if AI is out. Now, I agree with you. I feel like you do. I'm just saying what all the, the, the people said, the talking heads said, be, when, when KD went down. Well, the Raptors have provided a blueprint. Keep him out of the lane. He can shoot. 
but he's more of a scorer than a shooter. He can shoot. I mean, he can make shots, but he's a scorer. He's not a shooter. And what they've done. Who needs a blueprint for that? I watch the games. I could tell you. I'd be like, your son, who's, what, eight years old? Uh, Layden, uh, uh, let him shoot. <laughs> let him shoot. It's, it's very easy. Yeah, no, that's the interesting part about that. Um, and it's not only it's not only the fact that you're saying let him shoot. It's the idea that he no longer is involved in the game because he's waiting in the wings because they're clogging that middle. And Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the league. I mean, Popovich is my vote, but you know you could make an argument for the guy who's made it to five straight finals. Um, and I just there's no chance because the, here's why: the Warriors are not just physically gifted; they don't just have the best shooting duo in the history of, of of basketball they also are smarter than you and that, that's what's so impressive to me they they're, they also are smarter than you and they try harder than you and their defense is smothering people when they when they're on they're on that's the thing i wrote that blog about discipline so you saw the blazers the blazers can score teams can score it's not about offense it's not about defense it's not about hustle it's about consistent offense it's about being disciplined to do it the entire game. So you look at Golden State, they may get down 17 points in a few different games, but they keep doing what they do and eventually it pays off. They've been in that position. They've seen it. They've been there. They've been up. They've been down. So when they're in that situation, they never panic. That's my thing, especially against the Bucks. If it's an even draw, you have a bunch of dudes for the Bucks who've never been there. They've never been in the NBA Finals. They've always said people, I've heard over and over again, people have to learn how to win. So you mean to tell me that the Bucks all of a sudden are just going to know, especially against a great opponent? I'm sorry. That's why I take the Warriors in seven, six, maybe five. I think the Warriors win in four. That's how, that's how much better I think they are than everybody else. And if Kevin Durant really isn't hurt, which I don't believe, but if he somehow isn't actually hurt, like he's just got the string half like they say, then it'll be four and the games won't be close. Um, your whole point about the consistency is is great, but like you at the end, what you said, the pedigree, championship pedigree. It's like the Yankees in the '90s. It's like the Bulls in the '90s. Um, you don't bet against them. It's like Tiger in the two thousand early two thousands. You don't bet against him. Like it, it doesn't matter what the what disadvantage they have. It doesn't matter what how far behind they are. Um, it becomes very clear that when it really matters, they've got something you don't. They've got that extra gear that nobody else has. And when they try to when another team try to match it, it's not even a competition. And if they do have that extra gear, if they do sweep the West and they do sweep the finals, without their best player and Boogie Cousins, Brandon, how can you not say maybe best team ever? I think people are saying that. I mean, this is if they win four out of five years, it's a legit dynasty. I mean, they already are a dynasty. But if they win four out of five years, without question, it's, I mean, it's just without question. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just stupid to think about the riches that they have. And you can, can, and if who, they win and, an NBA championship, especially in the fashion that you said in four games, Brandon, in four games, can you, Brandon, without their best player, I keep saying it, and Boogie, come on now. And all praise to who? Jerry West. Shout out to that West Virginia Zeke from Cabin Creek. Zeke from Cabin Creek. He put this team together. And he's the one who refused to trade Clay Thompson. Like you said, who who what was that trade supposed to be? No, they uh when uh man, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. When Kevin Love was up for trade, there was discussions about trading Clay Thompson for Kevin Love, and Jerry West said, "If you trade 
Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. I'm done here. I'm done being, you know, helping you out. Because I don't think he was actually a coach. He was just like a consigliere. He was. That's not the word. That's not, that's not Godfather. The word. You know. No, he was a consultant. Probably is. A consultant. Probably, probably is. But yeah, consultant. Um. So they didn't trade him. Best move they ever did. Best move they ever made. And actually, if you look at the Clippers right now, the Clippers, who Jerry West is consulting right now, everybody says is in a great position to get a lot of free agents this year because they've done so well with the roster and personnel. And the Lakers are so far behind. Why? Because Jerry West is there pulling strings. And I love it. Hey, West Virginia. Zeke from Cabin Creek. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.